Hi, we are the Good Ship Illustration and we run online courses to help illustrators and image makers navigate a creative career. We are Tanya, Katie and Helen. We have about 70 years experience between us, each of us working in a different area of illustration. Welcome to Message in a Bottle, our new podcast answering your questions. You can send your messages to goodshipillo at gmail.com and title it Message in a Bottle so we know what it's about. So this is the podcast where we talk about weird or wonderful jobs that we've done as illustrators. Yes. The good, the bad and the ugly, but not for just the interesting. (laughs) (laughs) We got a bit hung up on horrible jobs, but then we realised any of those jobs that you do that are really embarrassing have been vanquished to the back of your memory. So we found it really hard to remember. Yeah, mine are repressed. I can't really find them. I don't know if I want to find them. And they're certainly not in any portfolio. They're the ones no, you throw in the bin every time. Yeah. So we thought about the ones where you've been put out of your comfort zone and just said yes to something because there wasn't anything else on and you needed the money. But interesting things came of it. Mm, yeah. Mm. What have you got, Katie? Well, the, the first one that comes to mind for me is I got hired by Stella Artois, the beer company. So they'd seen my sketchbook work of drawing buildings and they were like, could you draw buildings on beer glasses? And I didn't have anything on, so I was like, eh. Might as well. And then from that work, which was weird in itself, I got invited to a beauty influencer event. And oh, I remember to, when you went to that. It yeah, so and glowing. I ended up drawing. They put me in this really fancy hotel, and then I had to draw in these massive windows, and all these Instagram beauty people were taking photos and things. It was very bizarre, but it was good. And because of that, I ended up working for an espresso and blah blah blah. And like, but, and then you become a live illustrator off the back of that, that chain of events. Exactly. So basically, my whole career yeah. now is because I yeah. did a weird job for a beer That's company. That's amazing, isn't it? And it's because I put my sketchbook on my website. Really? So it's like the, wow. the domino effect of just being like, oh, I've drawn the town hall and some buildings. I'll just <laughs> pop that on my own website. And then <laughs> somebody in Google on a Google mission for an illustrator has found me. And then, yeah. That's crazy. Did yeah. you hashtag it at the Yazoo? I just, well, I didn't know much about search engines at that time. And that's when I used to just optimise for locations. So I was like, Newcastle Illustrator, Edinburgh Illustrator. So somebody found me that way. So you were literally a small ass. Oh, so they were thinking they want someone who's nearby. They don't have to. They wanted someone in Newcastle. And that was because it. the event was Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. So, Put your work out there. And magic things happen. That's really interesting in the sense that rather than opening out the hashtags to the world, it was reduced. It was the other end of the funnel. And that's specifically what someone wanted. So localization can be can be really useful, especially for in-person kind of illustration. Yeah. And people need illustrators in certain places. I don't know. It's like mm. thinking small, but it worked well that, at that time. Like now I would never do that, but at the time it was perfect. What about draw- the first time drawing live, though? If you're a self-confessed introvert, how was it being with people and them looking at you drawing? Looking was, really closely at you I drawing? I was talking to somebody yesterday who wanted some help on Procreate and we did a coaching session and they were like, so you, you know, you draw in front of people and stuff. Is it, has it ever been hard? And I remembered my first job for Google, I was in the hotel room that morning crying my eyes out because I was like, this is a terrible mistake. What have I done? There's no way. Like, because like, you know the feeling of being, I'm about to be found out. I was like, I am about to be found out. Like, this has gone really too far. <laughs> the Google job. Yeah, it was horrible. But, you know, I just, like, had about four coffees, gave myself a shake, yeah. as they say. And then it was, it was, actually, looking back at the work, the work was terrible. But they were happy. Like, they were like, oh, yes, you've shown up. You've drawn the pictures. That's amazing. 
That's it. How many how yeah, how many months between the Estella Twelve Mark and the Google Peaks? There might be like eighteen months between that. That's amazing, isn't it? That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I was crying my eyes out in a hotel room because I was yeah. like, I'm just a, I'm just yeah. a normal person. I shouldn't be doing this board meeting about all these numbers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like being mm. shot out of a cannon. Your career path oh, yeah, was, was extreme and fast. You probably had G-force. Probably, because my cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, what about you, Helen? Uh, well, there's a weird job that I didn't get, but I should tell you about it because it's to, really, 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 really good. So <laughs> this is years ago, like maybe seven or eight years ago. I got an email from my agent and my agent had spoken to a design company who were asking me if I would like to be the face of a very famous brand of cheap sausages. (laughs) (laughs) And I am so sad. (laughs) And it said something like, you have to agree to talk about the sausages on Twitter. (laughs) And I had like, 300 followers and nobody would be like, why is he talking about sausages? What did you have to write? Like, oh, just enjoy um, They just wanted like me to paint a picture of me with a happy family life enjoying sausages. <laughs> so bonkers. Of course. And I had to do something on Facebook about it. Well, I have hardly any followers on Facebook because I left Facebook in a bit of a huff a while ago. I don't think they'd researched me properly. In fact, for a while I thought it was a joke. So I rang the agent and said, are you sure you've checked this out? And she said, we've definitely, it is, we've gone back to them. It's really- it was £60,000 to be the face no. of cheap sausages <laughs> on Twitter, Facebook. I had to do something like three posts on Twitter, three posts on Facebook, three on Instagram, and agree to go on Radio 4 and talk about my family. <laughs> <laughs> and now those sausages are well, quite famous now. <clears throat> Imagine yeah, if you yeah. were tied to them well, from the beginning. Well, Jerry immediately said, no way, you are not doing that. And I said, £60,000? <laughs> I said, all that will happen is a few people will go, why is Helen talking about sausages? We pay off the mortgage. Happy life. <laughs> so, I, I can't believe you didn't do it. Did you so I said yes. <laughs> and they never got back to me. <laughs> Why are the best jobs have that? It's cost you. <laughs> And then your entire sausage life is gone. gone. Every single time I was in Asda, I'm looking at the sausages for whichever illustrator said yes. I no. never saw that campaign ever. I think they changed their mind. Maybe they were like, 60,000 is a lot for somebody with 300 pounds. <laughs> I can't believe it. That's like peak imposter syndrome, isn't it? It's crazy. Given what you'd said about your following and the fee they're offering, yeah. I mean, I'd have imposter syndrome. Are you sure you've got that right? <laughs> It's crazy, honestly, crazy. Could we not phone up and find out what happened? We could ask them if they went ahead. We need this. This story <laughs> is know, missing an end. It is right? missing. There's something missing from this story. I wanted to see what would yeah. happen if you'd said yes and you'd become. Oh, I did say yes. No, but like if they'd gone ahead and you oh, yeah. had been the face of sausages. <laughs> and what would you like? Yeah, where would this have led? Would you be living in LA now? With a swimming pool for the sausages. Sausage shaped swimming pool. Sausage Lilo. <laughs> Sausages in my cocktails. Sausage shit car. <laughs> the driver. Oh, imagine the life. <laughs> Richard Scary illustrates oh. <laughs> Helen in Sausage yes. World. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, so yeah. Now, what's your sausage tale? My, my sausage tale. 
is, is a happier one than the, <laughs> the sausage opportunity. But, yeah, when I was in Hong Kong, I used to do lots of weird and wonderful jobs. Like I sometimes agree into packaging that I couldn't actually do because I didn't know how to do the graphic design. But well, I agreed to those. And then when I did the famous um, aeroplane livery with all the characters on it, they had a, a, a launch event and they, the staging company came to ask if I'd design the costumes for the children to do the little dance. And that was so much fun, turning all your drawings into costumes and people into oh, dragons. And, lovely. And knowing that, you know, they'd actually be worn and people would be dancing around in them. And then I got to know that the event company that I worked with for that particular project then used to ask me to do other things because they hadn't got a designer. So every time they had a ball and they were working with all these luxury brands, when I say a ball, I mean actually an, you know, a big old fancy dress ball, they would ask me to do all the backdrops and design all the interiors and the themes for them. And I didn't even know what this job was. I didn't know whether it really had a title. Other people did this. or So I'd, I'd design all the table settings and create sculptures to go on the tables and wow. um, all sorts of decorations on the stage. And then the apex of all of this was when the Mandarin Oriental reopened in Hong Kong. They said, we're going to have a party with... Uh, Barry Humphreys and, <gasps> and Brian Ferry as a special oh, no guest. Way. Yeah. Wow. And they said, we need a stage backdrop that relates to the Mandarin brand. How have you never told us this before? Have I not shown you this one? What a funny combination, Brian Ferry <laughs> and Barry Humphreys. <laughs> well, because they're actual Mandarin Oriental endorser. They, they were the early influencers, you really? know, the people they would put on the advert saying, he's a fan, she's a fan. I think Grace Jones was a fan. And uh, so we had to design this backdrop with the right values for the Mandarin Oriental. So they decided it was koi carps. So we got these images of koi carps. So I went to all these Chinese parks, photographed the koi carps and made this weird collage just in yellow, gold and red of these, these um, fish. And then they ran these magical lights over them. I can't remember what they're called, but this static image, then all the fish moved. Honestly, it's magical wow. if I show you it. The way the lights moved, the fish all seemed to swim. It like, animated the wow. swimming image. Wow. And it was your image. It was my image. And then the woman that I'd worked for, this lovely woman, she said, Brian Ferry's coming to do the uh, the show tonight and he's got to do the sound check. And I can sneak you in. Do you want to come in at lunchtime on the sound check? And so I got to see Brian Ferry oh, on I, my own. I used to love Brian Ferry when I was a teenager. Tell me about I found out it's a Tory yeah, now, but I didn't know that when I was a teenager. It's not his fault. Yeah. <laughs> it is. He was born So then that night, I got to go into the sound box, which was much higher up, or the mixing station, so I could look down on it all. And there were all these very well-heeled women who were just going mad over Brian Ferry. They were actually flinging the knickers at him. <gasps> in, and trying you actually to see pants. Honestly, I saw pants flying. Wow. It's like the posh Tom Jones effect. <laughs> <laughs> so I was up in the mixing box. I'd been snuck in. I wasn't supposed to be there. And as usual, because it was a day on the island, I'd gone shopping and I'd got all my plastic bags with me. So I'd come in like bag lady, a bit like when you came to the father's head, <laughs> yes. fantastic way, rustling and crinkling my way through a very sleek event. Wow. <laughs> so they went, I could see people were looking as if, oh God, Tony's turned up with her bag again. <laughs> so I was up in the mixing desk watching all this. And I've got a film of it, I'll show you. I'll put it on Instagram one day. But that was, yeah, I ended up doing all these kind of party things for glamorous luxury brands, which wow. I didn't like, wasn't my world, but I liked doing the jobs. Mm. And I ended up doing kind of, fun things and met really we need nice to people. see more of that on instagram definitely i've not seen any of this we need to see it 
I'll dig it out for you. Yeah. I promise you it's there. You can see him moving his snake-like hips <laughs> in front of my coin <laughs> cart backdrop. Back so oh, that's my weird jobs. Yeah. All right. Send us your weird yeah, jobs if yeah. you've got any. Tell us about them. We and need to yeah. know. What weird things have led, not weird things, what little things have led on to other things and if you have any stories like that. Mm. Out of comfort zone stories that led you to. Well, I, I think everyone must have them. I mean, even me doing maps. The first time someone asked me to do a map, that was in the late 90s. And I thought, I don't know, how hard can it be? I'll give it a bash. And then 30 Here years later, are. mapping away. <laughs> so you must have stories like that. Please send them 